Narcissists aren't going to get diagnosed with NPD. Narcissists don't end up getting diagnosed with NPD. You might have seen different theories, different statistics, different things out there that talk about the small level of people that actually get diagnosed with NPD. Well, I want to be able to share with you in just a little bit the four reasons why narcissists typically don't get diagnosed. If you guys don't know who I am, my name is Ben Taylor and I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel. And I'm on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. And I do that in a couple different ways. Do it by providing content. Uh, do it by establishing the NARCAP that just came out just a couple months ago. The NARCAP stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. And it's built up of people that have come together that have gotten out of abusive relationships or they're helping people work through those abusive relationships to be able to find healing and get healthy as they get out, as they start to gain back their power, their self-esteem, their self-confidence. And on the app is a place for them to engage in community, to be able to interact with other people, to be able to say, this is what I'm going through, any advice in this. They're able to interact, they're able to learn through different courses. We just had a course that came out recently on boundaries. And so learning how do I establish boundaries? There's one on gaslighting, on the lies that they tell, on some of the confusing stuff that happens inside narcissistic personality disorder and how it affects other people. Because as you know, it destroys a lot of lives. It destroys a lot of people. And the confusing part about it is the narcissistic fog that ends up clouding your vision that you don't really know what's going on. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to stay with this person? Am I supposed to leave this person? Like what's right, what's wrong, what's true? It becomes really confusing. And over a period of time, people start to develop what's known as a trauma bond. Almost like the idea of Stockholm Syndrome, where the person falls in love with their captor or with their abuser. It's the same thought process that goes back and forth of having cognitive dissonance, kind of like the push and pull of saying I love you, but demonstrating the exact opposite. Or the idea that you're holding on to hope or potential. Ultimately, what that trauma bond feels like is it feels crazy because you're like, in my head, I know that this person is a toxic person, but in my heart or in my emotions, I want to go back. I want to interact. I want to talk with them. And you start to feel like, am I the crazy one? Like, what's actually going on? Like, this doesn't make sense. So I work with people to break them out of that trauma bond, to help them to get free from that because it's very hard to be able to figure it out. And so I try to walk people through a place where they can get truth and honesty and facts about the situation. Sometimes that's just giving them closure. Sometimes that's answering questions or kind of showing them the mindset or the mind frame kind of around everything that's going on with narcissism and how it's affecting different lives. I help people get through the limbo lamp, which is really your detox phase of getting away from that toxic person. And then focusing on your clarity, your vision and values of how are we going to set up boundaries? How are we going to set up habits that are going to help us set ourselves up for success and also to avoid people in our life that are going to be this toxic, that are going to impact us in this kind of way? That's what I do. Anyways. <music> Wanted to talk to you guys today about why official NP NPD diagnosis is unlikely. Why are narcissists not going to get diagnosed? Okay, well, the first one is probably pretty obvious, but people with narcissism personality disorder are resistant to therapy. They're resistant because they don't think they need therapy. 
how many times were you with maybe your toxic ex and they're like, I don't need to go to therapy. Like therapy is stupid. Like I already know more than the therapist. Like why would I even bother? A lot of times they'll have that sense of superiority of thinking like, I don't need to go because that is beneath me. Maybe you need to go because you need help. Maybe you need to go because you're messed up. Now, oftentimes they'll flip the script. You'll come talking to them, say, hey, I need you to get into therapy or, hey, I think you should look into this. This would be something that would probably help our relationship. And they're unwilling to do it. Instead, they flip it around. Oftentimes, that's the idea that they don't want to go to therapy because it has the concept of having to reflect, having to look inside themselves. And when they reflect and look inside themselves, they have to acknowledge their feelings and they have to acknowledge behavior. And you have to remember with narcissism, underlying a huge aspect of narcissism is the concept of shame, is the concept of rejection. And those things sometimes are so prevalent that what it does is it has that person lash out in abuse multiple, multiple times. So that shame is underneath so much that they're unwilling to acknowledge what's actually going on. They're unwilling to self-reflect and say, hey, this is something that's wrong with me. They would rather avoid that. They would rather push it on someone else. They'd rather say like, no, I'm not going to do this because of the fact that they're too worried about what other people are going to think or maybe other people are going to reject them. Think of a narcissist experiencing shame and how they react to it. Just like you would put your hand on a hot stove or accidentally slip your hand into boiling water. You're going to feel it and jerk it out really quick as fast as you can. That's what a narcissist or someone with this disorder does whenever they get close to experiencing guilt or shame. Oftentimes that comes with accountability or responsibility, but they get close to it and they're like, whoa, I don't want to touch that because for them, it's painful. For them, it's something that they think that's going to basically like kill me. Like that's like the mindset almost. It's a very like knee jerk reaction trying to get away from it. But people with NPD, a narcissistic personality disorder, they're resistant to going to therapy because they don't want to reflect, they don't want to be vulnerable, and they don't want to be honest about the things that they're dealing with. The other aspect is sometimes they'll go to therapy, but it's just to appease someone. Maybe the wife or the husband tells their spouse, like, hey, you need to go to therapy if you want this to work. And so as a result, they're like, fine, I'll go to therapy. They go, they drag their way through it just because they have to. It might be even like a boss says, like, hey, this is not working out, so you need to get into some kind of counseling. You need to get some type of therapy because how you're interacting with us, how you're interacting with customers is not helpful. We still want you at the company because you're a good worker, etc. but this kind of interaction is not going to – so sometimes it's forced that way. Uh, oftentimes you have it even in like court-mandated situations where they say, hey, in order for you to see your kids or to work on the relationship, you need to get into therapy. And you'll have narcissists that go to therapy just out of obligation. The problem is when it's out of obligation, there's no desire to self-reflect. So typically what's going to walk into the room is only going to be the narcissist and their mask every single time because they don't want to acknowledge who they are, what's happening, what they're going through. So they'd rather keep that mask, bring it to therapy so they don't have to admit their honesty about what's going on inside them. When this happens over time and time again, you'll see narcissists that come into therapy for the purpose to end up manipulating the therapist. The hard thing is, is a lot of psychologists and a lot of therapists, a lot of counselors are trying to be able to work with the person that's in the room. Like they don't, they don't take the person that's sitting on the couch and then like talk to them as far as like counseling another person outside. 
The problem is, is when you have a narcissist that gets into, into therapy, if they're not willing to be honest about who they actually are, the real person isn't in the room. So as a result, they're not able to work on the actual problems. They're not able to dive deep into figuring out what's actually going on. Let's work through this. All they're met with is this mask and this facade that makes them look good so they keep that up so they don't have to admit who they actually are. They don't have to reflect about what's going on underneath the surface. If you've heard me before coaching different people, I would say please do not go to couples therapy or couples counseling with a narcissist because it's not healthy. What you're going to have typically is that narcissist will get into the office, the counseling center, wherever it is, and they will use that time to be able to manipulate the other person against you. Typically, you'll sit down and you'll start doing your intake and you'll look over and what they're communicating and how they're acting is completely different than what you see on a day-to-day basis. If you go to counseling with another person and what they're portraying is completely false in that moment, you might want to examine what type of relationship you're in. It could be a narcissistic one. It could be a toxic one that you need to guard yourself and get out. So that's why I always say don't go to couples counseling, couples therapy with a narcissist, with a toxic person. All right, number three. Typically, you're going to have a lot of different varied people out there. You've got counselors, therapists, psychologists, uh, like all over the place, like different people, different walks of life, different education. One of the problems out there of narcissists actually getting into therapy or getting a diagnosis is also the fact that there's a lot of people out there that don't understand what narcissism is. They don't understand what makes up it. They don't understand how to be able to work with it. They don't understand all these different aspects. Probably one of the biggest genres out there that doesn't understand or even acknowledge a lot of times the aspect of narcissism is Christianity or like religion as a whole. So you'll have people in those relationships that they go and seek out a pastor or someone in the church that's like trusted or whatever, and they don't help. They don't help because they don't understand. And they're trying to build these people to be back together and to work out their relationship or communication problems when in reality that's never going to happen because you've got a false person coming into the room that ends up convincing and manipulating the other person. Now you might think, surely like therapists, psychologists, like they can, they can spot these people. They can, right? Some of them can, some of them can't. It'd be surprising for you to understand that there's people that I talk to, there's people that even Lee talks to that have a degree in counseling or a degree in psychology or they're psychiatrists or whatever that sometimes end up doing a one-on-one with one of us to be able to ask questions because they were in an abusive relationship. They were stuck with a toxic person. So a lot of people don't really understand what narcissism is or as one psychologist told me one time in a one-on-one, what they teach in school looks nothing like what we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Looks nothing like what I had to go through. That's what she said to me. All right, number four. Uh, clinicians, oftentimes, they don't want to diagnose other people. Um, they don't want to diagnose people with NPD because either the stigma of it or because it's not easily managed. Like, it's one of the harder ones out there. Even Freud early on basically gave up and said, like, hey, like, there's no point. You know, there's no point having this disorder of, like, working on it because it's incurable. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can work with it. So just forget about it. So there's a lot of times that people do that. I think at times there's even clinicians that don't want to diagnose because it also doesn't, there's no end cure. There's no perpetual medication. There's no something that they can either make better or maybe even make money off of it. So as a result, it's a lot easier to say, hey, there's no cure. I'm not going to diagnose you as this. You're probably this. And so there's times when people don't get diagnosed because the clinician just doesn't want to work with the person. Hope that helps. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I love interacting with different people. If you're interested, reach out to me sometime through my website, Raw Motivations. Would love to interact with you. Either send us a message there, uh, schedule one-on-one so I can talk to you and try to work with you through whatever whatever you're going through on life. You know, Whether that's a relationship, uh, narcissism, uh, whether that's just life trying to get from one step to the other and trying to figure out how do I break out of this mind fog of what's going on. Would love to talk to you more. We'd love to see you guys reach out and comment and like on different things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see interactions there. And as you're listening to this, like go ahead and rate us. Give us a couple of ratings just to help promote this message to other people so other people can have positivity in their lives as we're trying to grow, change, and help other people find that awareness as well.